This is Fullness of Life, discussing topics important to your life of faith and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live His fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina. Welcome everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life on 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. And this month, I have the great pleasure of hosting Gina Waters. And Gina is a woman who is serving as the director of the Marian Servants of Incarnate Wisdom, as well as the director of the Houston campus of the Cenacle of Our Lady of Divine Providence School of Spiritual Direction in Houston. So I have gotten to know Gina a little bit over the last two years because I've had the wonderful opportunity of being part of the Spiritual Direction Training School. And um, I just recently saw her uh, during the last two weeks uh, that we were in training in June, and I just, the Lord put her on my heart to invite her to come and share her beautiful journey of faith with the listeners. So welcome, Gina. Thank you, Letty. It's a privilege to be with you today. I really, really appreciate your willingness to, to come and spend this time with us. Um, why don't we get started with just the, the background, who you are, where you came from, a little bit about your family history. Sure, sure. So even though I, I live in Houston now, I was actually born and raised in the New Orleans uh, metropolitan area, uh, really on, on the, they, they call it the West Bank, which is um, the wrong side of the river, so to speak, uh, and, and closer to the bayou. And I say that because there's an important point that I'll, I'll share on that in a minute. But uh, being raised in New Orleans is a very Catholic city. And I had the great privilege of 13 years of Catholic education. Uh, elementary school, I was um, taught and educated by the School Sisters of Notre Dame uh, at a church uh, uh, in, a, in a Catholic school named Visitation of Our Lady. Yeah. And, yes, and, uh, and then the, my high school years was, um, I was educated by the Dominicans. Okay, and so you're here to share a little bit about your your story and how God called you into fullness of life in relationship with him. Were there any life-changing moments in these early years that brought you closer to God? Yeah, well, you know, um, being raised in that church called Visitation of Our Lady, um, I, I was inundated in the best possible way by Mary and the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so I, I always had that, that influence of, of the Blessed Mother on my life. And I think I took it for granted. As an adult, I look back and I think, wow, what a privilege that was. And, and so as I've thought about that as an adult, I can remember being a four or five-year-old little girl, you know, sitting in one of the back pews of the church and just looking around at the Stations of the Cross and, and ha having these I mean, I would call them mystical conversations with the Blessed Mother and the Holy Spirit, just like they were my friends, you know, <laughs> really loving and supportive. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's funny because um, children, I've heard of a number of people that I've encountered that have had similar kind of these beautiful experiences as young, young people. And children just think that's normal, <laughs> I think sometimes, right? Because to them, it's like, well, yeah, I see. <laughs> I see angels up there. And it's a beautiful thing. It's part of the innocence of children, right? They're so open to the beauty that's of right. God and the spiritual realm. That, that's right. And, and you know, I, um, I, I was always very attentive to what was going on around me because my family history was um, 
blended at a time when when blended families were not um, as prevalent as they are today. But my family was blended because both of my parents were widows. Um, my my mother's first husband um, was an officer in the Air Force during the Vietnam conflict, and he went down, sadly, um, in Vietnam. And, and my father's first wife um, had leukemia, um, and she suffered with that illness for a very long time and, and, and passed. And, and both of them had families. And so when when they came together, they, they married, and, and I, I am the child of... of, of you know the, that marriage. Yes. So I have half brothers, half sisters, but I never really thought of it that way. Uh, but I was always very watchful and paying attention to what was going on because I knew that things were a little bit different in our family than in other families. But what that did was it, it gave me a real sensitivity, I think, to the Lord, the things of the Spirit, um, the dynamics of, of human um, interactions, and and I, I think it's it's really. Uh, brought me to the, you know, the point where I am, and and as a spiritual director, it's really coming together, and fruitfulness. Can you share a little bit about your parents' faith life? How, what kind of foundation was laid for you beyond going to Catholic schooling? Sure, both both of my parents were um, raised Catholic as well. My father was um, a pediatrician um, uh, in in the in Marrero on the West Bank. And he had a lot of, he had a lot of um, wonderful patients. Um, And I have memories of of him. I I learned a lot about um, how to interact with, with people um, in in such a loving way as I watched him because he had a lot of patients that could not afford to pay for his medical services, but they would come uh, to our house and knock on our door at holidays and pay us with, um, you know, oysters or, you know, shrimp or whatever it is that was their bounty. How beautiful. Yeah. My my mother, um, she um, loved uh, to support um, the family. Uh, I mean, she, she went from having one child to um, five children overnight, and then about a year later to six children. So I, I really give a lot of credit to my mother for, for going from one child to six and you know, about a 15 month period. That's a very big change. <laughs> it, it is, it is, especially because um, she was in her late 20s at the time. My father was, was a little bit older um, and um, she just, um, threw herself into loving us, keeping us together. And like I said, I, I credit both of my parents for allowing us six children to never really feel like we were separate or different from each other as siblings. We have a very, very strong relationship, all six of us today. Well, what a gift. Did you grow up going to church every Sunday with your family, pretty much? I did. Okay. I did. We, we never we never missed mass. Uh, both of my parents were involved in liturgical ministry. Uh, my mother was always a lector, and both of them were Eucharistic ministers. Um, but you know, it was a little bit hard uh, for um, uh, you know a, a lot of involvement because of the number of hours that my father worked as a as a sure. doctor. That on his weekends off. Um, you know, he would need to kind of get away. And, and so my grandparents had um, kind of a weekend home, um, uh, kind of, you know, in the woods of Louisiana. So we would retreat, um, you know, every other weekend or so, you know, once or twice sure. a month, we would retreat to that weekend house. Yeah, I get that. 
So what about your young adult years? Like, did you ever fall away from the faith? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I ever fell away from my faith. I was always very active. Um, I, I was very active, actually, at the Catholic Student Center at LSU, where I was going to college. I was pursuing a geology degree, of all things. Oh, um, I, yeah, I, I really, um, my natural giftedness is in science and math, and, and so it was very fun for me to do that, uh, working yeah. in the outdoors, rocks, you yeah. know, climbing, climbing mountains. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> you can't climb mountains in Louisiana, so it was fun when we had these uh, experiences as, as a student. Um, and and I, I became part of the leadership at the Catholic Center at LSU. I was even part of the Louisiana Catholic College Students Association, which was a statewide um, you know, uh, college yeah. leadership group. But I, I, I will say, even though all of that, though, that sounds very nice, I was still a student at LSU and LSU, you know, is, is not known for its conservative behavior. So I, I think that there was probably some, you know, maybe some some unsavory behavior. Um, <laughs> in, most, in most of our lives, I think that's, that's true. You mentioned in your history that you shared a little bit with me, a false narrative. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, so the, the high school that I went to was an all-girls high school, St. Mary's Dominican in New Orleans. And um, I, I received a wonderful education there. I still think that it is a wonderful school for young women. Uh, but it was uh, at the time that it was there, that it um, was really a, a big push, um, maybe not just there. I, I think across society that, that women... Um, uh, can have it all, should have it all, um, don't need the um, su- support of, of a man. And, and um, you know, I, I always had some inner conflict with that. And yet at the same time, I was a very successful student. I was a very independent woman. And uh, really, I, I intended uh, to pursue a PhD um, in geology. Um, sure. But, but that didn't happen um, as, as God would have it. You know, I, I met my husband while I was in college. He, he had already graduated from college and, and working in Baton Rouge. And we had some mutual friends who knew each other and mm-hmm. introduced us. And, you know, we fell in love. We got married. We had children. And um, I tried doing work and um, mommying. <laughs> Uh, simultaneously with our, our first child and about six months into our second child. And, and I was only working part-time. And, and I remember distinctly coming home thinking, hmm, this is not working. I'm feeling stressed when I come home. Of course, my husband works even more hours than I do, and he comes home stressed and I love these children and I want to play with these children and I want to raise them um, according to my ways, you know, my particular personality, my particular right. uh, history. And and I remember having a moment where I thought, no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so my husband and I did have a conversation and I, I said, you know, I, I know I'm bringing an income, but how do you feel about this? And he said, oh, please quit the job. You know, uh, we don't need your income. I'll take care of us, take care of the family, you know, raise the kids. And both of us, well, really, f- the four of us at the time, we, we have three children now, but at the time we only had two, the four of us became instantly much happier. And, and 
more free, yeah. more, more, more full, Letty. Exactly, right? I, so I'm going to just interject a, a few things. So I, I want to affirm what she's saying. And for any women out there who are listening to the show, and if you're feeling maybe some of the division that she was just describing of trying to have it all and then realizing, wow, this isn't really working very well. This isn't balanced for me and my family. Um, that she was able to then realize that she was being called to focus on her family at that time in a way that was maybe even a little bit frowned upon by society because yeah women should have it all women should be you know out there leading the workforce in many ways that was the message being sent because I was I was there myself Um, and that we have to really take these things to prayer and we have to discern what is best for each one of us right we're not cookie cutter people But God does call us to focus on the things that are most important, most fulfilling, and that are going to bear the greatest fruit. And for that, for you, it was being able to be home with your children. And so at that time, did you end up staying home full time? Did did you? I I did. I I completely um, quit my job, all employment. And to this day, I have not had a paying position since um, 1990. Well, December 1996 is when I quit. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And it has been a blessing for you and your family. It, it has. And, and I, I, I definitely know that that was God's call on my life at that time for the purpose that I'm serving today. And, exactly. And respectfully, I, I know that not everybody is in that position. Absolutely. Um, but, but for me, it's made all the difference. It's yeah. made all the difference yeah. for me. And, and it was the Lord calling you and, you, and you responded with a yes. As hard as it was maybe to go, oh, wow, this wasn't the path I had thought I had planned for myself, but he had a better plan for you, right? So yeah. that's a beautiful thing. And, and that did lead to that joy that you talk about of raising your children. And you had three before you turned 26. So you were a young mom with a very busy schedule. Yeah. Yes. I mean, very, very quickly after I, I quit my job, we conceived our third child. And, 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 and so our, our two boys um, are 18 months apart uh, in age and, and they're very close, even though, um, you know, we, we, our, our, our middle child is in the military and he's not in the same city with us. Uh, with the other two, uh, but the two boys are very close. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. I <laughs> those bet. Years. I bet. <laughs> During that time when you were staying home, now you have these three young children, were you starting then to get pulled into more church related service or did that open the doors in any ways for that? Yes. And, and, um, there was a freedom in my heart that, that was released. Um, I, like I said, I always had this uh, very strong draw to the Lord. Always. I have never, uh, it was such a privilege for me to say this, Letty. I have never wavered in my desire for the Lord. Ever. God. Not that I was always perfect. Like I said, I, I, I sinned then I, I, and, and have throughout my life. I sin now. We all are. But yes, but my desire for the Lord and serving him has never um has never waned and, and never really fully been quenched, which I, I, I thank the Lord for. Uh, I don't want it to be quenched because he keeps me coming back to him for, for more. Uh, so I, I did. I, I started in small ways. I, I would um, I, I entered into liturgical ministry myself. It was something that I knew and, and had observed uh, from my own family structure. 
slowly, I, I, I did a little bit more. I became an, um, a catechism teacher for our middle schoolers. Uh, I, I did a little bit more and uh, was on the, the pastoral council of the church. And um, I was representing the um, social justice committee um, because I had had uh, a history when I was in college of, of um, serving at the homeless shelter and, and they knew that. Uh, and uh, so I, I did more and more of that and uh, entered into some uh, Bible studies. And okay. so that, that's where kind of things started to take a turn even more. And yeah. one other thing before we go to break, I heard you say the word, you were a strong leader in your college years, okay? And then I just heard the word ser servant. <laughs> and you heard her title is <laughs> Director of Marian Servants. And she's a director and she's a servant. <laughs> So do you see how the Lord begins early in life to reveal to us the call and the gifts that he's given us for later on and for f well, fulfilling the mission? <laughs> amen, Letty. And, and the Marian servant's spirituality is Marian Holy Spirit. And maybe we'll talk about that some more, too. Absolutely. And so we're going we're gonna to take a little break right now, but don't go away because when we come back, Gina's going to talk a little bit about her deeper conversion and some of the highlights of her journey as she entered into the second phase of this maturing faith. We'll be right back after this short break. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the new age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, the children, their grandchildren, the nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters of families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices and we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners and may they be broken in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit may he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them and may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall Amen are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states.
Welcome back everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life and I'm here speaking to Gina Waters who um, has just been sharing a little bit of her background, her spiritual background, her um, her walk into marriage, uh, being a, a young mother, being a woman of faith, um, leaving the working world to stay home and take care of her children. And now I, I, we're going to get into a little bit of maybe some of the deeper conversion, spiritual conversion that she started experiencing as she was going along this path. She had started doing some of this liturgical ministry and Bible studies. What happened next, Gina? Yeah, so I, I joined a, a Bible study with some uh, young mothers, other young mothers. And uh, one day we had a, a new person join us as we were beginning a, a new study. And she was introducing herself. And as she did so, she said, and, and my mother is a spiritual director. Some of you may know her because she also is a teacher um, at one of the local uh, public schools. And as soon as I heard this woman say the phrase spiritual director, I had this inner conviction that that was a person that I needed to meet and that the restlessness that was in my heart at the time was going to be satisfied through this meeting uh, of, of this woman's mother. And so I did. I, I um, asked her if she would consider being my spiritual director. And that was back in 2004. So I began spiritual direction with her. She led me um, you know, just briefly uh, for a few months and, and then started me uh, with the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius in the fall of 2004. Now, it just so happens that this person who was a spiritual director was a Marian servant of the Eucharist, which is the community name of the Marian servants in Baton Rouge. Okay. Yeah. So there's the, there's the beginnings of something that I had no idea was in my future. And as she's leading me through the exercises, I said, you know, uh, I really feel like the Lord is calling me to pursue certification in spiritual direction. And I can remember her smile. She said, well, I was just waiting for you to say oh, that. How beautiful. She heard the call, right? She heard the call. Yes. And uh, knowing where I was going to go, because I said, well, wherever you went, I'll, I'll go there too. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. I didn't know anything, Letty, uh -huh. well, but it, I didn't need to. Right. I didn't need to. The Lord led you. Of course. And uh, knowing that the Marian Servants community in the school was run by uh, a charismatic organization, she said, you know, they're, they're not going to, to try to force you to be charismatic, but you might see something. So maybe you should do like a little live in the spirit formation day just so that you're introduced and and uh, had you again, ever I been had you ever been exposed to charismatic before that? Not not at all. Not buddy. at all. Okay. I knew nothing. Eye opening. Nothing. Yes. So so it just so happened that our parish that both of us belonged to, we were in the same parish of Saint George in Baton Rouge at the time. Okay. Um, was having a, a day long life in the spirit seminar. Okay. And so I I went to that, and uh, that was a very very pivotal point in my spiritual history because that that ongoing relationship and conversation with Mary and the Holy Spirit came into full focus technicolor vision mm -hmm. 3d uh, perception it, within my spirit that was my spirituality that I had not discovered yet wow 
Yes. What a gift. Yes. So for our listeners who may not understand the word charismatic, can you kind of describe in a nutshell what that might look like if they were to go for a one-day retreat at a Life in the Spirit seminar? Uh, well, um, so a lot of the teachings of St. Paul in the New Testament, the Acts of the Apostles, and, and those kind of miraculous happenings that get described in those early um books of the New Testament and letters kind of describe, you know, speaking in tongues, yes. uh, laying hands, right? Mm -hmm. um, miraculous healings, yes. um, prophetic words. The power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit, which um, moves people in, in new ways that, that goes beyond human capacity. Exactly. That's really what it is. Yes. Amen. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of what God offers to us when we open ourselves to him and, and the working of his spirit in our lives. So, yeah. so beautiful. So, yeah. so what happened? I mean, did you actually experience a change after this one day retreat? Yes, I, I, I did. Um, I, I, at the end of the, at the end of the, the retreat, they uh, typically, there's a laying on of hands and a praying for, um, the reception of the gifts of the, the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, yes. because of course I've already received the gifts of the Holy Spirit at, at baptism and confirmation, but these are the charismatic gifts that, that were being prayed for a release. Um, and uh, during that time, I, I did receive the gift of tongues, and there were words of knowledge given to me by the prayer team assigned to me. And at the end of that, uh, you know, we, we did have young children, right? So um, I had to drive from this, you know, day-long retreat to the woods of Louisiana to join my husband and kids for a Boy Scout adventure. <laughs> That's funny. And Letty, the entire hour or an hour and a half that I was driving to meet them, I was praying in tongues, praise and thanksgiving for all that I had received that day. Yeah, it, that's life changing when you feel the power of the spirit inside your very heart and soul. It, it, it was. And, and so simultaneously at that time, I, I applied to be a student at the School of Spiritual Direction. And um, so all of this was happening simultaneously. And, and then my, my first uh, session was June of 2005. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I called in the, the grandparent favors. And, and so one set of grandparents watched the kids for one week and the other set of grandparents watched the kids for the second week. And, and uh, I, I flew to Florida for 16 days for my first session as a student in the School of Spiritual Direction. And your husband was supportive, obviously, or you wouldn't have gone. He was. He was very supportive. That's awesome. Extremely supportive, which is awesome because he was not raised Catholic. And I think that that is a piece of my story that I hadn't shared yet, but that's a very important piece okay. of the story. Please share. <laughs> share a little more. Uh, yes. Well, so um, he was raised in the Episcopal Church, um, and he, when when we met, um, he had no problem coming with me to Catholic Mass, uh, the, the Episcopal um, uh, service and the Catholic Mass are very similar in, in form and liturgy. It's not exactly the same, and the, the all of the teachings are not the same, but many of them are similar, and um, 
it, it didn't seem foreign to him. And, and I remember um, talking to friends of mine who, who kind of questioned me for dating a non-Catholic. And I said, well, I, I really don't think that the relationship would work out at all if he didn't come to mass with me or, or was supportive. And, and, right. and he was and, and, and always has been. What a blessing. Wonderful. And of course, his mother was very happy that uh, he was going to church with me. And, and she she didn't mind that it was the, uh, a Catholic church. She was just thrilled that her son was uh, practicing a faith experience of his own. Absolutely. How wonderful. That's I great. I know, those praying mothers, right? Exactly. I hope you all hear that. Any, any, any mothers that are listening, keep praying. Yeah. Lord hears every prayer. So then you're, you... You entered in the spiritual direction school for it's a two-year program, or actually it's three summers, right? Um, three summers, and at the end of my first summer, I really felt convicted that I was supposed to be a Marian servant. Okay, I hadn't, I hadn't been before. Okay, okay, and, and so just as I'm feeling the sense of oh my goodness, now I understand what my my spiritual director was talking about and how she was behaving with me and with other people. I think I'm supposed to be a Marian servant. Um, and I returned from school convicted that I was going to join that particular community. But then Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana. Oh, wow. And my husband was transferred to Houston. Oh, my. And 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 all of this is happening simultaneously to the to the time that we have family evacuated from New Orleans in our house in Baton Rouge because we we could take people in in Baton Rouge. And it was very tricky. I I felt um, it it was it was tricky because I didn't want to tell my my family that we were moving until it was safe for them to come home uh, to their own homes. And so my husband just kind of went on some business trips every week. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, I stayed with the family and the evacuated family until Christmas of 2005. Wow. And so I'm sure this took a lot of trust on your part, didn't it? It, it, it did. And, and it also took a phone call to Adrian Novotny, who was the director, the managing director of the school. I called Adrian and I said, Adrian, we're moving to Texas Houston to the Houston area and I don't know anyone but I do know that there's got to be at least one person out of the four to six million people who live there who know something about Marian servanthood or the school Letty there was one person oh my goodness and the one person was Alicia Goodwin who now even though at the time she lived in Houston now Alicia is the director of the Marian servants worldwide yeah he did so I, I met with, with Alicia when we moved, and, and at the end of lunch, we, we both were convinced that both of us needed to become Marian servants. We were not at the time. We were just students in the school. Okay. Um, so that was the call over, over lunch. The, 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 by the end of lunch, by the end of d- dessert, we, we determined to call the founder of the Marian servants, Dion Brown, and figure out how to both become Marian servants to, and to start a community in Houston. And that's what we did. That's so amazing. And so, again, I knew nothing, Letty. (laughs) You knew not, And that's, see, that's the beautiful thing, though, right, Gina? And I want our listeners to hear this. We do not have to figure things out. We need to be obedient to the movement of God in our lives. And we need to say yes. 
And Gina said, yes, Lord, I want to go forward. I want to serve you. I want to be a Marian servant. And he opened the doors and he put the right people in her path. That's how God works, guys. He does the real work. We just say yes. It's a beautiful thing. And, and if I may, yes. because I, there's another important point, to, both to the story and for our listeners to hear, is um, the, the, um, the power that obedience played yes. in allowing this to unfold. Because we were not only obedient to the call that we were feeling within, but we were obedient to the authority that was around us. First, we spoke to Dion Brown. And she said, yes, please go forward. We'll help you. She said, now you need to speak to your local bishop. So then I don't know how this happened other than grace, but we, we, we requested an appointment with then Archbishop Donardo. It was before he was elevated to cardinal. And he said, yes, we could have a meeting with him. And we spoke to him. And he said, yes, you have my blessing. Go forward. So obedience was very important in, in the follow-through of yes. the call. That's awesome. So then you had only met with Alicia this one time over lunch, and you both agree that you're wanting to go forward. So how did, how did things unfold? What happened next? Well, we, we live in different ends of Houston. Houston's okay. a very large city. And yes. so from my door to her door, it was easily 45 to 50 minutes. Okay. One way. So uh, we, uh, well, she really did, because since she knew Houston, uh, she picked out a place between our, our houses where we could meet. Um, and uh, again, another obedience. We talked to the pastor there and asked if there was a space where the two of us could come to, together to pray each week. Wow. And Father Mario from St. Cyril of Alexander, who right? Defends Theotokos, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mother of God, you see where this is going, yes. said yes. And so Alicia and I met in the upper chapel. That's at St. Cyril of Alexander. Sounds Church. like a cynical. <laughs> every week, just the two of us, every week for about a year and a half before we invited anyone to join us. Um, and, and in the meantime, we, the two of us were going to Florida for formation, for commitment days, um, to be out of town members of the Marian servants of, uh, the Marian servants of divine providence until we could establish, uh, officially, uh, uh, the Marian servants of the incarnate wisdom in Houston, which happened in 2000, uh, I think seven, uh, when the papers were signed and we had our first commitment day in Houston as the Marian servants of the incarnate wisdom in 2008. Beautiful. And so again, I want to interject one little comment for the listeners just to emphasize this beautiful point, which is they, they committed themselves to prayer every week for like a year and a half, two years. They let the Spirit of God lead them through prayer to what he wanted. It wasn't Gina's will. It wasn't anybody else's will. It was, it was the Lord leading them by uniting themselves to him in prayer. And that, I just want to make sure everybody who's listening, if you're discerning anything seriously, you've got to be spending a lot of time in prayer, asking the Lord to show you, to open the doors, to lead you to the right people, etc. It's essential for this spiritual journey. 
So beautiful. Thank you for that witness. So, okay, one of the things that we talk about on this show, Fullness of Life, quite a bit is healing. And, and I always say that we're all the walking wounded. There's not one of us who doesn't have wounds of some kind. Are you able to share a little bit about some of the healing that God brought about in your life? Sure, sure. Um, so uh, coming from this background of a, of a blended family that, that didn't quite look like my friends' families, there were wounds that I picked up that I didn't even know uh, I had, w- wounds that uh, influenced uh, my identity in my self-image. And, um, you know, there, there was a lot of unspoken pain um, in, in the family structure, uh, even though we, again, we loved and still love each other so much. But uh, in, in a child's mind and heart that I had, I always wondered, well, you know, what, what, what's the story behind my other sibling's mother and why don't I know it? And, and what's the story behind my, my sister's um, father and, and why don't I know it? There were a lot of things just not spoken about. And I think it was a product of the time. People didn't speak about things um, like that. And we all just kind of moved on happily and, and strongly. But, but it, it left a gap in, well, who am I? Yes. Who am I? And I was, I was a little confused about who I was because there were four grandmothers in my life. And, and um, I, 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 didn't, um, I didn't know which one I really belonged to, even yes. though I belonged to all of them. Of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> because they were all so, so kind to me. But um, ultimately through the school, um, and, and through spiritual direction and healing prayer, I have come to, to know very strongly that I am a daughter of the Lord, mm-hmm. a daughter of the Most High King. And, and he gives me my identity. And, um, you know, I didn't even tell you my, my, my middle names, okay, which are important to this identity issue. My, my baptismal name is really Gina Marion. Mm. <laughs> yes. Then my confirmation name is Bernadette. And my married name is Waters. <laughs> God's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I, I, did I seek that out? No, but the Lord did. Okay, so there's we're getting to some really beautiful things, but it's time for another commercial break. So please um, come back for the last part of Gina's sharing. She's going to talk a little bit about some of the spiritual glory stories and some of her work in the School of Spiritual Direction and, and just, again, how God continues to lead her every step. We'll be right back after this short break. Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes listening to Catholic Radio by accident 
and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Fullness of Life, and I'm sitting here with Gina Waters, and she's sharing her beautiful faith journey with us. And we're at a part where she's going to um, share a few of the spiritual glory stories, as we like to call them, to give glory to God. Yes, well, uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I love to share glory stories. And, and so I'm going to start with the conversion of my husband into the Catholic Church. Uh, so as, as I mentioned before, he was not raised Catholic, but he would come with me every week. I mean, almost from the day that we started dating um, to, to mass with me. And um, that continued for 17 years of our marriage. Wow. 17 years. And we would have lots of conversations about um, the Lord and um, try to have some understanding about um how he was raised in the background and and I and I do think that a stumbling block which is common to many Protestants was Mary yes and the saints mm -hmm. but he he uh, went on an axe retreat mm -hmm. and I don't know if axe is uh, prevalent where you are where our listeners are but it, it's it's a it's a men's retreat that is um, Holy Spirit led and and it was just beginning in our parish um, in Houston, and uh, the, one of the deacon friends of ours invited my husband to go uh, with him. And at one point during the retreat, um, the the speaker of, at, at the retreat asked, "So, how many of you are converts to Catholicism?" And somehow, miraculously, my husband raises his hand. <laughs> now he has not he has not converted, but he raises his hand. And so at the end of that um, talk. The deacon friend of ours, who was a very Holy Spirit-filled man, put his arm around my husband and said, Oh, Matt, my brother, do you and I have something to talk about? Oh, I love that. And, and so at the very next Easter, my husband came into the Catholic Church. <sighs> Praise God. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Persevere in prayer. 
persevere in, in prayer and, and loving res- respect of, of each other's differences. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but, but that wasn't the only family glory story. I, I have a couple more, uh, if I may. Yes. Um, so an, another glory story has to do with um, this, this blended family experience and the questions uh, of my past, who am I? Uh, and and who who was this first husband of my mom's? And uh, I know it was was um, for a number of years it was a very painful topic and is certainly a sensitive topic in the family. Um, and I think over time, as um, my mom and my sister resolved in in themselves uh, some of these um, particular wounds of theirs, I, I really wasn't engaged in in that process, right? Um, uh, Kenny was not my dad. He was my sister's father. Yeah. Um, and and so, uh, really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I never really asked too many direct questions of my mom. My sister and I would talk. But then finally, uh, about a year or two ago, um, I kind of cornered my mom while we were in the car and other people were witnesses. And I said, Mom, I know Kenny is buried near nearby to where we are. Can we go visit Kenny's grave? And so we did. And uh, so my uh, we were with my husband and, and my grandmother. So my husband stayed in the car with my grandmother, who, who really was um, limited in her, her mobility. My mom and I found his grave. And I insisted that she take a picture of me next to his grave and I did it and I just started sobbing and my mom said mom Gina what what is this I said mom the only reason why I am here is because he is there I am so grateful for his service and his sacrifice wow still chokes me up oh yeah profound moment very profound moment, very healing moment, um, not just in my own identity, but in my relationship with my mom. There was a new f- a freedom of conversation that we could share and a new respect and, and love for each other's history that we have been able to talk about since. I love that. And, you know, um, just again, just to emphasize to the listeners that, you know, God wants to enter into those deep wounds of our hearts and he doesn't he doesn't want us to just carry around this baggage that we often carry around. And if, if we are open, he will move us into that place of healing in, in this perfect, you know, way, like how, how appropriate that you were able to be there at the gravesite and, and claim that, um, reality, which was you were here because he was there. Yes, absolutely. I'm so grateful for, for um, Kenny's life and his, and his service, and uh, yeah, I, I still celebrate him at every um, military uh, holiday that we have. I bet, and someday yeah. you'll meet him. Uh, you know, I think in the spirit I have, Letty. Oh, I really beautiful. Do. Yeah, praise God. Now I know about one more glory story that I'm going to ask you to share, and that's about one of your family members and a miraculous yeah. healing. Yes. So um, I, 
one one of the charismatic gifts that I have received and 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 sometimes exercises itself it's up to God's will right yes. is um, the gift of healing and uh, I have a, a cousin uh, who um, was visiting um, Houston and um, visiting MD Anderson uh, because of a, a cancer issue uh, in in their life and um, that when they were in town, I, I did say, well, you know, can we pray together before the surgery that's tomorrow? And the surgery was stomach surgery. There was uh, about a year and a half's worth of uh, medical history, scans, biopsies, um, probably two inches of reports. And I, I just was going to say, hey, let, let, let's, let's pray, you know, that the, the surgery goes well. And, but the Lord had more in store. So we got together over lunch. Again, these, these miraculous things happen over. <laughs> and and we, we found a little table on an outside patio at this uh, Mexican place in downtown Houston. And we just started praying and asking the Lord to, to bless them, uh, to, to bless their children, to bless their marriage, to bless their community, to bless the doctors, to bless the nurses. Um, I, you know, everything that I could think of, we were, you know, asking the Lord to, to enter into that space and to bless. And, um, so I went to the hospital, um, and was waiting in the waiting area, the family waiting area, um, with my cousin's spouse and about halfway into the surgery, um, the, the nurse came out and said, um, well, the doctor is performing the surgery that we have planned, but can't see the spot. But since, since it's been documented so well, that's, that's the spot that's going to be removed and, and we're going to send it to biopsy. He'll talk to you afterwards. We thought, hmm, interesting. Why did they come out and say that? <laughs> <laughs> so then the doctor comes out afterwards and says, you know, I didn't see it. Um, but, but we know it's there. And then the results came back. The stomach cancer had been healed before the surgery even occurred. Praise God. He's the divine physician. He is the divine physician. Again, I knew nothing, Letty. We were just praying for a successful surgery. Amen. Just praying that the doctor would be in a good mood and fresh and, you know, <laughs> the nurses would be attentive and, and that there wouldn't be any bleeding and, you know, things of that nature that, that we, um, with our secular knowledge, would think to pray for. And the Lord said, there's more. There's more. There's more. Amen. And this is a year or two later now that she's still clear, clear of surgery? Clear oh, of cancer. that. It's been, uh, uh, it's been two more children later. Oh, wow. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and and uh, to this day, there has been no um, no inkling of, of the stomach cancer's return at all. Wow. Yeah. That is good. And so again, anyone who's listening who is struggling with any kind of suffering, whether it's physical or emotional or, you know, spiritual, whatever it is, the Lord loves you. The Lord wants to do more in your life. Turn to prayer. Uh, meet with people who have great faith, people who will pray with you. 
God wants to work through his people in these mighty ways. This is not just for Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> this is for our time too. So, you know, the way I've gotten to know Gina is, is through this School of Spiritual Direction. And so I want to really focus these last however many minutes we have on why this is so important for you and your, your life's work and what would you say to our listeners about spiritual direction? Yes, well, in this day and time, I think that we're really losing grip on good, healthy, loving listening of one another. And uh, spiritual direction is, is an art of listening, uh, listening with the heart of compassion, listening with the heart of God's love. And uh, gosh, I, ha- I have such a passion for both being a directee because of the blessing in my life and for being a director because um, spiritual direction allows God's love to, to heal us and to help us to grow as uh, spiritual beings with a mission, God's mission. Yes. Healing, again, we, we keep mentioning that. And, and now that I've gone through two summers of training with this School of Spiritual Direction, I just want to insert that I have received tremendous healing in these two summers um, where we spend time in prayer, we're, we're praying with scripture, and the Lord wants to reveal his healing grace in those moments of prayer. Um, so again, I want to encourage our listeners, if you don't have a spiritual director, start praying and asking the Lord um, if that is something that you are supposed to seek out. And believe me, he will provide it in his perfect time. He's always provided the right spiritual directors for me out of the blue. Um, he sends them to me, kind of just in meeting the right person who knows someone who would be good. Um, so how would you encourage others to consider this or any other call from the Lord um, regarding? Yes, well, uh, certainly the first step is to get your own spiritual director uh, so that you can um, discern properly, discern well, um, and and to take your your time in uh, learning how the Lord speaks to you so that um, you will know his voice. Yes. And and you'll know when it's not the Lord's voice. Yes, exactly. And one thing I want to add here is that many people might be listening and going, well, the Lord doesn't speak to me. Well, perhaps that's because we're not sitting enough in silence to listen for his, his promptings, his, his small, you know, um, movement within our hearts. I used to think that. And luckily I got past that and learned he actually does speak to me, not audibly, but in a very clear way. Right, in, in that spiritual understanding. Yes. And, you know, I, I really love to um, tell people, you know, the, the Lord will lead your steps, but you do have to move your feet. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so there does require some action on our part, but trust that Lord, the Lord is leading those steps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gina's going to be very proud when I say one of the mantras of the spiritual uh, direction training is, the Holy Spirit is the actual spiritual director. Amen. The, yes, love it. <laughs> the, the spiritual director who is sitting in the room with the directee is just an instrument of the Holy Spirit and helping the directee to discern the voice of, of the Spirit moving in their lives. So God is good. All the time. Buddy. All the time. And he really wants to com- communicate with his children. He wants to make himself known to each one of us in a very intimate and beautiful way. He wants more for each one of us, fullness of life, fullness of life. 
there's always more. Yeah. There's always more in the spirit with the Lord. So in these last two minutes or one minute, what are some final words of encouragement that you would want to share with the listeners about God's healing, God's love, God's mercy? Well, uh, you know, I, I keep sharing this scripture and, and I'd like to share it again with your listeners. It's Second Corinthians uh, chapter three, and it reads this way, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. Not from bad to good, Lenny, not from bad to good, but glory to glory because we are good. And the more healed we are, the more we know that we're just moving from one degree of glory to another. And we continue to say yes to the Lord because it's just so exciting and amazing. Yes. Amen. And so if anybody is thinking, well, but I'm not called, I'm not called, I'm not special. That is a lie. Reject that lie. God loves you and he's calling you into more, more of his goodness, more of his glory. Um, don't be afraid. Don't sit on the sidelines. Open yourself, step forward and, and see all that he wants to do in each one of your lives. Yes, and, and practice, may I, if I may, practice the exercise of looking in the mirror and saying, wow, because that's how God looks at you every morning when you wake up. Wow. wow. Not darn. <laughs> I love that. Yes, that is wonderful. Well, to, to round out the show, like how would people learn a little bit more about the Marian servants? Because we've mentioned the Marian servants several times, but they may not know much about them. Sure. So the founding community's uh, website is divineprovidence.org. Okay, so you can find the, the, the Florida founding community at www.divineprovidence.org. Uh, we in Houston have our own website, which is www.marionservantshouston.org. And you can, anybody can email me at Gina at marionservantshouston.org. I check my email often, and I love to hear from people. Awesome. Gina, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your beautiful journey with our listeners. I really appreciate your witness. You're an inspiration to me as a woman of God who has said yes in a powerful way. And um, I look forward to seeing what the Lord has in store for you, for me, for, for all the people we love. Thank you for having me, Letty. And I'll be praying for you and your listeners wherever you are. God loves us all. He loves you. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this month's show. This is Letty Medina. And until we meet again, I'm wishing you all his fullness of life. Bye. Sove Regina, Mata Misericordiae, Pizza Dulcedo, Et Spes Nostra Sabe, Ad Te Clamamus, Exules Filiebe, Ad Te Suspiramus, Gementes et Flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale, ega ergo, arbocata nostra, illustruos misericordes oculos, a nos convete,
Virgo Maria.